eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into episode 154 of the Skate Podcast. I'm Brian DeFelice joined by Bridget Pru and Scott McLaughlin. Wednesday and Thursday, the Bruins defeated the Islanders and Rangers respectively in a back-to-back 4-1 and 3-1. So obviously outscoring them 7-2 in the process. Uh, both teams, Islanders and Rangers, presented different challenges to the Bruins, two different styles of play. But uh, on a back-to-back, the Bruins, just what else is new? A very, very impressive showing the last two nights by this team. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think anytime in the NHL you have back-to-backs, you, you know, you always wonder about that second night. Uh, in this case, obviously, very little travel. They just have to hop on train or bus or whatever, go from – uh the islanders arena to to manhattan um but still against the rangers team that's been playing well going up against igor shesterkin big game for swayman you know i feel like a lot of these back-to-back this year's they've kind of saved allmark for the second night of it uh this time swayman gets it and plays really well nearly has a shutout rangers score late um but yeah, you know, again, like Islanders game, Bruins certainly didn't play their best for full 60 minutes. Uh, I thought, you know, Rangers game better, still had stretches where they weren't at their best, but um, just able to kind of take control when it matters and obviously got great goaltending both nights. I thought the defense was really good uh, against the Rangers, especially after Carlo went down and on, on his first shift of the second period, which I know we're going to get into that a little bit more, but uh, the other five defensemen stepped up and, you know, um, and they're able to come away with the win. Yeah. And, and two goals from defensemen in the Islanders games too. So like adding offense, Clifton had a goal against the Rangers as well, set up by Marshawn, but um, yeah, no, the defense showed that it can do pretty much anything in this back-to-back like they had stretches where they were great on the penalty kill um stepping into the offense you know moving pucks on the power play 
and scoring. So it was nice to see Forbert, AKA Scorbert score again uh, against the Islanders and also another goal for Pavel Zaka. So, um, another two goals for Pavel Zaka, one in the Islanders game, one in the Rangers game. Right. So, um, he's continued to be on a tear second line has looked good. Um, and just, I think maybe the biggest takeaway is if we want to go into the Carlo injury, like off the top, because, um, just lineup implications, like you already have, you have to brusk down. And if Carlo has to be out for a stretch of time, you're missing, you're missing two guys that are important at this point. And we're just kind of the whole season we're waiting for the shoe to drop on and on like a, a stretch where there were multiple injuries and, and people out besides when, um, McAvoy and Marshawn and Grizzlick in the beginning of the season, which we already knew we're going to be out with their surgeries. So um, what do you guys think? Obviously blocks a shot look like it hit him in the foot. Couldn't tell if it was like sh- instep or shoelaces comes off the ice, needs help um, walking down, which by the way, they didn't have a tunnel really weird situation where the way that he had to walk off um, behind the glass. And um, what did you guys think of the injury? Uh, what did you see on it? And also what is the solution for the Bruins? If he's going to miss time. Scott, you want to take this one? Yeah. Well, you know, so obviously he didn't return to the game. I think if there's any reason to be slightly encouraged it's that the Bruins did not immediately rule him out Um, when they finally issued the injury update during the second intermission it was that he was unlikely to return and obviously he didn't but you know usually if they if they know a guy's out they just say he's out so um, you know that would at least lead, lead you to believe that maybe it's not too too serious because you know, they didn't definitively rule him out, uh, but he was clearly pretty hobbled and, you know, I'm sure in, in a good amount of pain. Uh, it was a, that was a hard shot by Zben and Jed and, you know, he finished out the shift. It was on the penalty kill, so he didn't really have an option. Um, but yeah, that was it for him for the night. Uh, it's, you know, Bridget, you mentioned like, obviously that they had a ton of injuries early on this season and, you know, they've, They've had 10 defensemen play in a game this season, but they haven't had any injuries in the blue line since Fulbert returned from his broken hand. And that was like the end of November. They've basically gone two months with just the same six defensemen. The only minutes from any other defenseman in the last two months were the one game that they went 11 forward 7D and Jacob Zaboral played about six minutes. Like that's it. You know, that was that's the only time you've seen Zaboral, and he's been with the team practicing. Uh, obviously, Mike Riley's been in Providence. He played, you know, I think I think 10 games earlier in the season. Uh, Anton Strahlman played some, but he's been in uh, he's been in limbo, basically. Like, they technically, you know, waived him and sent him to Providence, but he never actually reported until, oddly enough, today. Uh friend of the pod, Mark Diver tweeted that he was practicing with Providence today and was potentially an option to play a game with Providence at some point uh, soon. So now, okay, obviously he's doing at least something to ramp up towards game action. Um, So, you know, you would have to assume that if Carlo does miss any time, Zaboro would be the next guy up. Montgomery has 
had good things to say about Zaboral and, you know, said like he's practicing well. He liked the way he played in, in the six minutes in that one game two weeks ago um, and said, you know, he, he really doesn't deserve to sit this long, but like, who are you going to bench f- from their defense? So, you know, now we'll actually see how, how much he believes that. Like now we'll actually see if that translates because um, if Carlo does miss any time, presumably Zaboral would be the one going in. Yeah. And also to the Strawman thing, like, obviously you would expect him to need some time in Providence now after being away from the ice so much. So like, he's not going to come up right away because presumably he's got to get back into, you know, the flow of things being away when all these other guys are mid season form that he's going to be playing against. So, um, yeah, I, I would guess Saboro would be the the first option there. And then Strawman is just interesting to keep an eye on because obviously he adds depth that the Bruins need in case somebody else goes down uh, or in case, you know, maybe Zaboral doesn't play well. You, you want to have that defenseman as an option to call up. So it'd be really good for them if he does continue in Providence and doesn't, you know, just kind of call it quits on the season. Um, huge sigh of relief that Carlo was um, not ruled out right away, obviously, like Scott mentioned. And uh, so that makes me think, you know, obviously anything can happen overnight, but uh, that's a big sigh of relief for the team. As far as Zaboral goes, you know, I'm, I'm looking at his, at his page on the Bruins website and, you know, you're talking about a guy who's turning 26 years old. Uh, about a month from now, actually, and drafted seven and a half years ago, eight years ago this June. He's played 68 games for the Bruins. 68. Now, obviously, a lot of that was injury riddled, and and that's why. But there's also been a large enough sample size without him on the injury block where he's just not cracking this Bruins lineup. And uh, to take it a step further, one goal, 12 assists, 13 points uh in a Bruins uniform since being drafted in the in June of 2015 and I know it's not it's not as black and white as I'm making it up here I did ju- I did though just mention that injuries are a big part of that but I I'm just looking at him and it, I haven't been impressed with him this year outside of that one preseason game where it that that, that means nothing really uh I know you one of you guys mentioned Montgomery said he hasn't deserved to be out this long Fair enough, but he also never did anything really in his in his time on the ice this year, limited limited time, albeit to really I guess he's the next man up by default, right? But it's uh he hasn't shown much this year that makes me confident in him going forward as a as a part of this team. I, I wonder if um I don't know what his contract status is at the moment. I should probably look that up before I make this next comment, but I wonder if he's if he's somebody that another NHL team might look at and say, he's only 25 years old, turning 26. Maybe we can, maybe we can utilize this kid in a, in a rebuild team and, and give him some more opportunity. Uh, I wonder if the Bruins look to move him. The only thing is as like we're talking about right now, uh, one guy goes down who next guy up. It's either strong or Zaboral. So you always need depth on defense, but I just don't know what Zaboral's future in Boston is other than step up when someone goes down. Yeah, I think for now it, that that's all. It's just depth, and you know, right at this very moment, he's the seventh defenseman. We'll, you know, to the point that we've been discussing. Like, we'll see if that sticks. We'll see if, you know, if there's still a path for Strawman to elevate ahead of him, or 
if Riley's back at any point or obviously trading for a defenseman is, is an option. And, you know, I think everyone's kind of identified, you know, getting another veteran defenseman as, um, you know, potentially the path that Don Sweeney goes leading up to the deadline. And I agree with that, but at the same time, I'm like, well, what do they think of Anton Strawman? Because like he would be that guy, like he would be that veteran defenseman who you could plug in if he's like up to NHL level, which early on this year, it didn't really look like he was. We know he had the weird visa issue and he missed time. And, you know, he talked about how like he wasn't, you know, he'd never been in a situation like this where he was, you know, a healthy scratch more often than not. And it took a while to adjust to that. And then, and then he just gets outright waived um, because there's no more room for him once, you know, Grizzly and McAvoy come back and Forbert's back from his broken hand. Uh, there just wasn't a spot for him. So you, you wonder, it's like, okay, well, he, I highly doubt he's gotten better just skating on his own or, you know, scrimmaging over the last two months. Like that's, you can you can work hard and I'm sure he is and you can stay in shape, but that is way off playing in NHL games. Like that is, you know, that's gonna be to Bridges point earlier, like he probably does need time in a in the AHL at this point because he has just gone so long, not just without playing in an in an NHL game, but without practicing against NHLers. Like he he can't practice with the Bruins because he's not on the active roster. So yeah, and, and I thought that he looked a half step behind even when he was playing, you know, more often. Like, he did seem a little bit slower than some of the guys he was having to defend against. And obviously, age is, is a factor. He's older. He's playing against guys that are really skilled, young, in their early 20s. Um, but it just seems like it will be kind of an uphill battle for him to get back where he needs to be in order to you know, be the first guy that they call up. I still think Zaboral is the one that they're going to look to here for if, if Carlo needs to miss time at all, like we're not really sure he might be back, you know, one game, two games out. Um, hopefully that's the case, but it still brings up the conversation. And we talk about how deep the Bruins are. Yeah. When they're healthy, they've, they've been able to keep, you know, one forward injury, you know, no defensive injuries for a while. So uh, it's, it's not something they've dealt with yet. And and it's one of the things where we're going like, oh, the Bruins are on this tear and there's no slowing them down unless, and then we're hitting this point where um, they get a scare in that sense with Carlo uh, and Carlo has been playing well. And uh, he's another guy that eats up a lot of PK time. Uh, and he's clearly uh a better option than Zaboral. So you're taking someone out of the lineup that is um, bet- the better option, someone that you want in your top six and to be out there every night. Um, but we will keep a really close eye on him, uh, what his status is. I don't believe Montgomery updated him after the game. He mentioned Carlo, but only in the sense to say that the other five defensemen stepped up when he left um, without issuing an update as far as I know Scott I can tell is um, googling or going on Twitter I should say and checking if any of the local beat writers that traveled to New York actually were able to get an update on that yeah I I haven't seen anything as of when we're recording this which is 
kind of you know shortly right after the game so um obviously montgomery you know met with media there but no one tweeted anything i don't know if he was asked or not so uh, i guess we'll just have to wait until the bruins post that audio or video i want to keep it to the defense real quick guys and, and i want to throw a question into your courts uh, against the Islanders, Charlie McAvoy got his third goal of the season. It was his first goal. It's a loss in Florida, I believe, back in November. Um, he's played 32 games this year, three goals, 24 assists for 27 points, and 27 points in 32 games for a guy who missed all of camp and didn't really have a full summer uh, to skate and get, get ready for the season, along with what he does on you know, defensively, is there's it's great. But as the Bruins enter the second half of the year, obviously McAvoy is going to have to go from being what he's been right now to hopefully the Bruins think he's going to be, you know, a premier, one of the you know, best defensemen in the world come playoff time, which he's capable of being. So I ask you guys, as the Bruins get into the second half of the season here and, and Charlie's got, uh, you know, 32 games under his belt now, what, what would you like to see him do uh, even better going forward here to become um, or turn back into uh, what he's capable of being and has shown in the past. I, I feel like he, like he gets that number one power play unit time, but like there's been times, especially in the Rangers game uh, recently, just to name an example where sometimes at the point he's not like necessarily acting like Charlie McAvoy on the power play. Like either he's not moving the puck the same way, or he's not holding pucks in the same way. And, and I know these are minor critiques. He's Charlie, he's Charlie McAvoy. He doesn't do it that often, but still noticeable because of how good he's been in the past. When he does do things like that, you're like, okay, well maybe he's still a little bit off. Um, and that's something he might need to work on because you want to maintain possession, especially at the point on the power play. You don't want to, you know, give up that, possession and have to take things back out of the zone yeah I also think five on five where I would say like over maybe the last week or two we're finally starting to see him get more involved offensively where he's getting down low more often and getting more involved in chances and he's um, put up some points as a result and and you know I think that pairing with him and Grizzly like they've been really solid defensively the entire time they've been together uh now you see but when they've been at their best in the past like they're very involved offensively almost like at times it's just five interchangeable parts in the offensive zone and you're starting to see that more you saw you know uh a d to d connection on a goal against the islanders between them and you're starting to see both of them more involved there and i feel like that's kind of a sign of of mcavoy's confidence coming back is that you know he is taking more chances and jumping up more uh the other thing i think you know you might still want to see more of from him is just a physicality like you know i feel like he's not we haven't seen as many of those you know big clean hits that we usually see from him uh there's still been some like it's not like it's non-existent um but that they do feel like a little fewer and far, but further between than, uh, than they have been in the past. So those are two things that like, I think you still want to see coming along. It's just 
getting more involved offensively, taking more chances because he generally makes good things happen when he's on his game and he does take those chances. Uh, and then more physicality and, and kind of helping to set the tone more that way. And I really do think that it's almost there. Like, I feel like it's like you, like you said, you've seen, we saw it with Grizzlick and McAvoy in this back-to-back and it just feels like it's, it's really close to being where it needs to be. It's just like, we're about to turn a corner here. If I was to guess, I'd say that it starts clicking soon here for them, but it does get complicated with, you know, maybe the need to mix pairs around uh, if you have an injury on the back end. So the, the nastiness that you alluded to, Scott, that physicality, that's kind of where I was, where my mind was going as well. Uh, I've definitely noticed the, the slow burn it's been for him um, with the offensive confidence on the, uh, at the top of the umbrella, like Bridget mentioned, but that, that little, that level of nastiness, that, that physicality that Charlie has to his game is something that a lot of other elite defensemen don't have. Like you look at an Adam Fox, for example, I mean, Kel McCarr can, he can certainly dish out the physicality a little bit too, but when McAvoy is at the peak of his game, he's bringing it on both ends of the puck, but also he, you know, he has a little bit of nastiness, a little bit of uh, peskiness that gets under the opponent's skin. Now, with that said, I'm not necessarily um, longing for that so far this year. And I'm not saying he has to do it next game. I'm more so talking about as we build towards the latter half of the season and into the playoffs where, where he needs to continue to get back to speed. And I, I think it's just a matter of not having a full off season. And uh, I think there is some trepidation, right? When you have shoulder surgery in the off season, obviously you don't want to damage that again on an open ice hit, maybe in anymore. Maybe you kind of want to just make sure you're still ripping back up and, and you'll take that chance maybe in the first round of the playoffs, but maybe not, on the second of a back-to-back in New York, you know? I want to yeah. say, too, it's not been a lot. La- like, the Bruins haven't been lacking in that area, luckily, because I feel like Connor Clifton is a guy that comes comes through with some big hits when you need them. Um, where in the past it had been McAvoy, now Clifton has been able to be that guy and do it cleanly, and he's also been able to step into the offense the way that we had seen a Grizzly or a McAvoy step in in the past. So even though McAvoy isn't quite at that level that he can be, it's been nice to see Grizzly pick up you know, some of those things that he's been, he's not been able to do as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking too, like, I think it was last week I asked McAvoy after one of the games, um, just kind of like bigger picture, how he felt about where his game was. And, you know, and he said like, you know, he feels like he's making progress. He's had to be patient, but he also said like, it was a, you know, it's the biggest surgery he's ever had. And he said like, it was a completely new experience having to, kind of come back, you know, almost a a month into the season and like everyone else has already, has already been building their game for a month and getting up to speed for a month. And then you kind of just jump in and, uh, and he was like, you know, that was different and it took a while to kind of catch up to everyone. Um, and you know, I feel like that's even more noteworthy now that we're talking about, uh, the potential of Carlo, you know, possibly missing time where it's you know again these guys who just haven't played and it's like any one of them whether it's Zaboral who's been practicing but not playing or Strawman who hasn't been doing either or Riley who's been playing but in the in the AHL it's like 
any one of those guys, I bet it's not going to look very smooth when they get back in because, you know, it's, it's awesome for the Bruins that they went two months with no injuries on the blue line and not having to change their lineup at all. But it also makes it tough now once you do, if you do have to change your lineup, like the, those guys are going to, you know, it's going to take a little bit for them to, to get back in. And, and again, they're guys who were like already, you know, I don't know if I like struggling or, or, you know, weren't really thriving when they were playing a little more early, earlier in the season. So, um, you know, I think you'll, whoever that sixth defenseman is, if Carlo misses time is going to probably be pretty sheltered at least to start. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's going to be an uphill battle for Zavoral, Riley, or Strawman, whoever it may be, because when you're on the when you're on the outside, it just becomes an even bigger hill to climb because you're missing those reps and because you're missing that time. So, um, and you already maybe feel down about the fact that you haven't been in. So it's mentally and physically, you know, kind of a, an uphill battle for you. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever. Or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 